You're listening to the Moon Griffon Show podcast on KPL965.com. News Talk 96.5 KPL, Bro Bridge, Lafayette. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management Studios online at Matthew-James.com. The Supreme Court may be about to rule. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. There are several key cases still to decide before the justices end their term this month, from affirmative action to a challenge to President Biden's plan to wipe out thousands in student loan debt for millions of Americans. One year after the court's ruling allowing states to ban abortion. So later today... The president and vice president are expected to win the endorsements of major abortion rights groups at a political event Planned Parenthood Action Fund. Emily's List and NARAL are making early endorsements to raise the profile of the abortion debate a year after the Supreme Court struck down the Roe v. Wade precedent. That's Fox's Jared Halpern. House Republicans are considering impeaching President Biden. Two committees will investigate the, his border policies related to the record surge of illegal immigration. They are also releasing testimony in their probe into the president's son from two irs whistleblowers claiming the justice department interfered with the investigation into hunter biden's taxes and foreign business dealings from greg shapley and another agent whose testimony says the irs delayed enforcement actions before elections fox's ryan schmelz democrats say the investigations into the president and hunter biden are not serious it's now a salvage operation trying to recover pieces of the submersible that imploded on a tour down to the titanic shipwreck with the Navy confirming that acoustic technology picked up sounds of an implosion just after the submersible Titan lost communication last Sunday. Friends, family, and fellow explorers know that pilot and passengers did not suffer. They died in an instant. Fox's Mike Tobin in Newfoundland. In two hours, Interstate 95 will reopen in Philadelphia much faster than expected after the fiery tanker truck crashed 12 days ago. A temporary road's in place. Pennsylvania Governor, Governor Josh Shapiro just told Fox. Our engineers thought outside the box. We were creative. We focused on getting this roadway that has 160,000 people cross it every day, including a ton of commercial activity, reopened. America's listening to Fox News. I can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation and a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem. Eliquis, the Pixaban tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. Don't stop taking prescription Eliquis without talking to your doctor, as this may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and every weekday on my show, The Joe Cunningham Show, you can tune in for all of today's top news, local, state, and national plus analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else. All of the big topics from a local perspective right here on the Joe Cunningham Show every weekday, 3 to 4 p.m. on News Talk 96.5. 
Acadiana Center for the Arts is our cultural and artistic hub serving eight parishes through community development, education, live performance, film, and exhibitions. For information on getting involved in upcoming events, call 233-7060. This nonprofit organization moment brought to you by News Talk 96.5 KPL. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media. Good Friday morning, Louisiana. Welcome into the Moon Griffon Show. I'm Mark Pope, sitting in for Moon. Have to do my obligatory hey law hey law Moon's taking a day off. He'll be back with you on Monday. And uh, we are so happy to be here. So speaking of happy, let us start with some happy talk. Let us talk about the LSU Fighting Tigers in the finals for the College World Series. I don't know if you're a fan. If you're not, just bear with us, please. But what a game last night. You know, a lot of times you say, what a game, and you say, okay, oh, wow, wow, what was the score? Was it was it nine to eight? No, it was two to nothing. And that, the uh, two runs by the Tiger, it was zero, 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 zero uh, at the end of nine innings. And of course, LSU played the, was playing the number one team in the country the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They beat them on Wednesday night, forced a second game, which was last night. They had to beat the uh, Deacons twice, which they did. And Paul Skeens, S-K-E-N-E-S. He is, I have heard him called by many a commentator in sports, the best college pitcher in America. And he is, he is something else. And also, Wake Forest, I can't name the young man by name, although he's got a big, huge mane of hair. That's about all I can tell you. They're about the same in stature. Skeens is a bit more stocky and muscular looking, but uh, nonetheless, two very good pitchers. They both pitched a whale of a game. They both went until about the seventh inning, somewhere in that vicinity, and then they were replaced. Skeens threw a little over 100 pitches. So 0-0 at the end of nine innings. It went into the 11th inning. LSU was batting in the bottom of the 11th, still 0-0. And uh, Tommy, Tommy White popped a homer. I was so distracted because it was a scoreless game, and I was – doing a little research for the show today. And so I missed that LSU had a base runner when uh, Tommy White popped this homer. So I thought it was one to nothing. But uh, two to nothing, the Tigers defeated Wake Forest, puts them in the finals, which begins on Saturday, 6 p.m. our time, ESPN. And, of course, you can, regardless of where you are in the state, you can – you can usually find a radio affiliate that carries the game. I don't think there's any prohibitions about carrying the uh, 
College World Series uh, games on uh, the LSU Sports Network. But uh, hopefully you can watch or listen. So game one is Saturday, 6 p.m. Game two is Sunday, 2 p.m. And a game three, if needed, uh, if needed, obviously it's a best of three series. Game three would be Monday evening, 6 p.m., Florida Gators, they are the, quote, other side of the bracket. We're down to the final two. Again, for those of you who don't follow the College World Series closely, eight teams made it in. Three were SEC teams, LSU, Tennessee, and Florida. Florida won their side of the bracket on Wednesday, so they get an extra day off. They've been off. They didn't have to play on Thursday. And Florida's undefeated. Mm-mm-mm. So what this is, LSU versus Florida for the NCAA College World Series or National Championship, it is a rematch of 2017. LSU versus Florida finals, Omaha, Nebraska, College World Series, National Championship, Florida won. Don't recall the score, but it's a rematch from six years ago. So go Tigers. Go Tigers. There you have it. There's our happy talk. LSU has a heck of a baseball program. There's some other good baseball programs in Louisiana. La Tech is good. Our uh, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns down here in Lafayette are good. Even, Even the smaller teams, such as Nichols. And Northwestern, the, the baseball is a it's it's a good sport. There there are many good programs in Louisiana for baseball. Tulane made the playoffs, I believe, with a losing record. They were in the Baton Rouge Regional. They, I believe, they won their conference. Nichols was in the playoffs. Nichols State University in Thibodeau. So there you have it. But LSU kind of has uh, will get. Many times the best of the recruits. By the way, I don't know where Paul Skeens is from. I don't believe he is a Louisianian, a native Louisianian. He transferred over from the Air Force Academy. And I think he's got a year left, but he's going to go high in the draft. Uh, It's going to be hard to turn down the millions of dollars. Hopefully he'll do it. I love it when the... The, the college students, student-athletes, if you will, complete their degree. So he seems like a very serious young man. He, it's, uh, when he's out there on the mound, there's not a whole lot of laughing or cutting up, and uh, he doesn't have all these uh, rituals, if you will. That's one thing that kind of turns me off to Major League Baseball. All these rituals, you know, uh, constantly... Uh, uh, undo, redo, undo, redo their batting gloves. Uh, the It's just, it, it's a bit of a slow game, even though the major leagues put in some rules this year to speed up the game. But the the point being, Skeens doesn't have a lot of these rituals. He's just, he's just very busy. As you can tell, he's very, very focused uh, on what pitch he's going to throw. He's playing a game of mental chess. And he is just very business-oriented. On the other hand, the pitcher, the ace, if you will, for Wake Forest, he's a 
he's got this huge mane of hair well down about a couple of inches, two to three inches down his back. It's extremely thick. He's constantly playing with his hair. He's constantly flipping that hair behind his ear and messing with his hat and, you know, all this other fun stuff. But, uh, again, that's what kind of turns me off to Major League Baseball. It's a different sport. It's a little too slow for me. I do like college baseball. And with college athletes, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, they are subjected to more discipline by the coach. And that's why we need good good coaches because it's more than just a sport. A, A good coach is a leader and is teaching these young men life lessons and about fairness and sportsmanship and so on and so forth. And so I, I think they, they have more control over their, their team and their athletes in, in the college ranks. So, all right, let us take our first break. Here's kind of a summary of the, of the program. Obviously, the Moon Griffon show, the, the talk show of Louisiana, and, and as you folks know, your regular listeners to Moon, Moon knows this stuff inside and out, the procedures, the people in the positions of politics in Louisiana. He knows that better than pretty much anybody in the state. So uh, I, I'm going to just do a very short little summary of what's going on in Baton Rouge. And I didn't see any recent developments on, uh, on my sources this and are we going to have a veto session? I haven't heard that. If if something's come out, I've missed it. You know, as, as I tell you folks, trying to stay fully informed is like in in our in our world. I'm talking local, state, and federal politics. It's like trying to take a drink of water out of a fire hydrant. You go in for your drink of water, and the pressure there's so much there, so much water, so much pressure, it blows you away. So we'll do a little summary of what's going on in the state, but rest assured, when Moon gets back this coming Monday, June 26th, you will continue to hear about the drama coming out of Baton Rouge. Okay, let us break. We'll be back with uh, more of the Moon Griffon Show. Mark Pope sitting in for Moon. Stay there. recess our children may not because teachers and schools are judged on how well our kids are prepared to take a one-size-fits-all standardized test teachers must teach the test it's not the same as actual learning and worse teachers can't get kids out of the classroom and on the playground to learn citizenship responsibility and character employers look for those things they can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief The truth is teachers should be in charge and parents, but we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them, let them do their jobs. You may say this is common sense. You'd be right. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian and an independent. Let's let kids learn about life before they're old enough to be in it. And I mean it. 
paid for by Lundy for Louisiana. Have you heard about stockapond.com? Are you looking to get in a private bass and brim fishing lease? Or maybe fish stocking for your private lake or pond? Then Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery has what you are looking for in business for over 30 years. Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery offers the best private fishing lease and fish for stocking lakes and ponds in Louisiana. You can visit that website at stockapond.com. That's stockapond.com. Don't forget it, stockapond.com. When Stephen Wagaspak was Governor Bobby Jindal's top aide, Louisiana's economy sank from 6th to 42nd. 13,000 manufacturing jobs disappeared. Essential state programs faced severe cuts, and one in five Louisianans was left in poverty. Then, Wagaspak backed Biden's $2 trillion spending bill, creating record inflation and record debt. Stephen Wagaspak warned us. And we're going to change this state forever. Stephen Wagaspak, a mistake we can't make twice. Paid for by Protect Louisiana's Children, LLC. Extending the lines. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines. A tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. For those fortunate enough to help the person who has always been their hero, find the care guides you need to help at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Yeah, man, this thing's on. Welcome back to the Moon Griffon Show. How y'all are? Mark Pope in for Moon. So I think I gave you half of my setting the table, if you will. I said we were going to, I got kind of tied up in the uh, state issues, which again, Moon knows backwards, forwards. He's got connections. He calls these people, as you know, and he has regular guests on and so on and so forth. And so uh, Moon is the go-to guy for staying informed with what's going on in our state government. So we're going to do a little quick segment here on the state government, and then Moon will continue uh, next week giving you any updates or what ultimately is going to happen. My big question is, is there going to be a veto session? There are six bills, three very significant. Three of the six are very significant. It's about all this transgender nonsense, and teachers can't uh, talk about their specific sexuality to a class, duh. And then there's a third one, which I can't recall. I think we, I I don't know if the numbers are there for a veto session because uh, Edwards uh, probably has already vetoed those bills or is going to. So there, there's a lot up in the air. And then of course, you know, the, the issues with the, with the budget reduction. In fact, let's give you the, the latest thing I found references uh, committee meetings and some, some last-minute behind-the-scenes things in Baton Rouge about the the session. So here we go. The Health and Welfare Committee and Senate Finance Committees met Tuesday in a pair of quickly organized hearings to parse potential impacts of the session's chaotic final moments. Bipartisan anger over the session's final moments spilled over in both meetings. Quote, $100 million out of a $20 billion budget is a hell of a lot of damn money. Said, uh, said uh, Senator Gerald Boudreau, Democrat Lafayette, and uh, he talked about that 
That statement is based on the Louisiana Department of Health reductions. These are not games, Boudreaux said. People in this state will die. State Senate Committee Chair Bodie White, Republican of Central, said he regretted voting for the final budget bills without knowing what was in them. Quote, it was a quick judgment call and I made the wrong judgment in hindsight, White said. Senator Greg Tarver, Democrat Shreveport, said entering a special session to address the problems would not be ideal as bills passed during such sessions require three-quarters majority votes, but that might be the necessary way forward, Tarver said. Okay, so let's cut to the, I'm going to skip a paragraph here. Edwards uh, plans, he told reporters, he plans to ask the Joint Legislative Committee on Budget to appropriate cash for the port of of, uh, New Orleans project. And final statement about Edwards, Edwards' authority to reconfigure the budget through line item vetoes is limited. I can veto a line item in the bills, Edwards says, but I can't write in one that is not in a bill, end quote. So there you have it. Again, we don't know. Uh, what's going to happen with the veto session? It's it's the veto session thing is a numbers game. I don't know when their deadline is. I would think it's very soon. Very soon, you know, you can't just go on forever and ever. And uh, there's a process by which enough legislators need to vote to have a veto session. And why have the session if you don't have enough votes to overturn? Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of, of the three bills. By the way, these bills are, all, all, many of them with, with the transgender stuff and, and sexuality in the classroom, it doesn't belong there, folks. That's why our education scores, our, our students are rating poorly on these tests and in, in reading and basic education. That too much doggone nonsense this this country has gone crazy. It's lost its mind, collectively lost its mind. And those are the reasons why we're not doing well in education. There are multiple reasons. It's a complex formula. The big one is, what is the attitude toward education back in the home? And what is the home life? Do, do the parents support educators? Do they encourage their, their young people, their sons and daughters, to do well in school. That's what it takes. Young people don't have the discipline. They need guidance from a good, responsible, caring adult. And a lot of times that's just really not there. Okay, this is, I played a little bit of this. It sounds more like an ad, and that's okay. But Blake Miguez, and you know, you guys listen to Moon, you know who Blake Miguez is. He is a solid, solid, solid conservative from down here in South Louisiana. I believe his where he lives is Erath, Louisiana. That's in Vermilion Parish, a little bit south of Lafayette Parish. But Blake is I, one of the most solid conservatives in Baton Rouge if he doesn't get the ultimate top-notch gold star for being the most conservative. By the way, you may not have heard this in a while. Blake Miguez is a world-class marksman. He's, he's placed very high in... Um, how, how should we say, uh, shooting competitions. And, and in fact, uh, he got a ruling here relatively recently. I don't know. It's been a year, a little over a year, year and a half maybe. Got a ruling from the ethics board about, quote, taking ammunitions from manufacturers. 
you know, they, they want him to use, they, these, the man, gun and ammunition manufacturers want him to use their guns and their ammunition. And the ruling was, yeah, okay, with some qualifications. So anyway, here is Blake Miguez talking about leadership takes courage. This October, you're going to have an important choice to make. It's not complicated. The choices are crystal clear. You can either elect a senator who's going to go to Baton Rouge and fight for you, or you can elect a senator that'll go to Baton Rouge and join the good old boy club on day one. On June 8, 2023, in the final moments of the legislative session, the Speaker of the House broke the rules to steamroll over $50 billion of spending bills. Representative Blake Miguez bravely challenged the Speaker for disregarding House rules and ignoring objections and motions from your representatives, emphasizing that no individual, including the Speaker, is above the rule of law. Hello? It's on. Mr. Speaker, we've got members that are that are asking for lockouts and making motions from the floor. I know you're hearing them. Why are you not taking them up? They're, they're call them in order. They're, no, they're, they're, making, they're making point of orders, and we they're asking them. for lockouts and we those things, them. and they generally get taken. Why we aren't you taking them? just or, voted on the lockout. Are you breaking the House rules right now? I am not. Are you sure? They call for you. They call for a lockout, and you didn't lock the machine out. Mr. Speaker, you have to follow the rules of the House. Nobody's above the rules of the House, not including Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. Thank you. There you have it. You get the uh, kind of dark backdrop. That was Blake Miguez char- uh, challenging Speaker Sheck Snyder. And I'll let Moon remind you of his nicknames that he uses. So uh, there you have it. He's right. Blake Miguez says we take too doggone much federal money. Whoa, whoa, what's the deal? They can just print more. I mean, it grows on trees. My goodness. Blake Miguez is a solid conservative. We need more like him. Okay, we will take this time out. We'll be back more on the other side of the bottom of the hour break. Mark Pope in for Moon. Stay with us. Crime is out of control. Louisiana's education system failing our kids and our economy one of the worst. We need a new direction. We need Jeff Landry as governor, a former police officer, Army National Guardsman, Sheriff's Deputy, and our Louisiana Attorney General. Jeff Landry has a proven record of fighting crime. A small businessman, he successfully filled hundreds of jobs for Louisiana citizens. So Jeff Landry opposes high taxes and government red tape harming our economy. A husband and father, Jeff Landry knows all kids deserve a great education, not liberal politics pushed in the classroom. A leader standing up to Biden, protecting our pro-life values and Second Amendment freedoms, endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. Our next governor, Jeff Landry. Paid for by Landry for Louisiana. Louisiana is unique. The food, the festivals, even the bugs. It's termite season. Did you know termites are responsible for over $1 billion worth of damage in Louisiana alone? For over 60 years, J&J Exterminating has been shielding homes and businesses. 100% guaranteed against termites, pests, and mosquitoes. Louisiana-owned, customer-focused. J&J Exterminating. Call them today, make the pests go away. J&J Exterminating. Get the shield. Yeah. Hey, folks, discover Raging Cajun, the original Cajun seasoning, and Raging Cajun Foods' delicious line of seasoned dinners. 
beans, black-eyed peas, roux, Creole sauce, seasonings, rubs, and even sweet jalapeno relish and spicy pickles. Raging Cajun's authentic recipes have been secretly crafted in the heart of Acadiana for over 38 years. As for Raging Cajun at all your favorite grocery stores today, Raging Cajun, original Cajun seasoning. Folks, ask him for that Raging Cajun. Hello, Acadiana. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. That means it could be you, your best man, your worst man. <gasps> Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org to know where you stand. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at matthewjames.com. Hey, hello. Welcome back to the Moon Graffon Show. Mark Pope sitting in for Moon. We, so we did last segment a little bit of a state of a update on state government that uh, I don't know moon I'm not sure when that story came out or, or the both the story I read and the clip from Blake Miguez I believe the uh, Miguez clip was, is recent so moon may not have played it for you if so and uh, it was repetitive I apologize for that but those type of things bear repeating. Uh, Miguez is correct he, as he was challenging uh, Sheck Snyder, Speaker of the House. So, before we move on to other topics, which we're going to focus mostly on, uh, this is kind of a week in review, what's happened in our country this past week. That's what we're going to do for the show, for the remainder of the show. So, before we do that, let me tell you, now this is generally for people in the, quote, Acadiana area down here in South Louisiana, all right? And a, a, a regular guest that you hear here on the Moon Graffon Show is Chris Alexander. Very, very smart man, very, very much in the know, follows state government uh, to, to a, with a microscope, with a microscope. So Chris or Christopher Alexander and his wife, Katie, will be at a meeting in Lafayette next Tuesday, June 27th. The meeting will start at 6.30. We'll go till 8.30. Doors open at 6 p.m. at the Como Recreation Center in Lafayette. That's at 411 Bluebird Drive. And you can use your GPS if you're coming in from out of town. But you are welcome. It's called the Acadiana Patriots. Jim Crumling started this Cadiana Patriots 13 years ago and he has good meetings like this to inform our people about our government both nationally and in the state so Chris Alexander and his wife again Katie will be at the Como Recreation Center in Lafayette this Tuesday June 27th doors open at 6 p.m. meeting starts at 6:30 goes till 8:30 you can ask questions okay so here is a brief statement from what chris alexander released about this meeting 
He says, we are calling out the rhinos by name based upon whether they are truly legislating in the best interest of Louisiana citizens. And at the same time, we are favorably reporting those legislators who are doing the right thing for our state. I plan to discuss some of the important legislation that was passed in the 2023 session and how it was done. We also plan to discuss some very bad legislation that was killed and how that was done. So mark your calendar. It's uh, free to the public. Uh, I recommend to you uh, that you get there at 6-ish before the meeting starts at 6.30. They're expecting a full house. If you walk in at 6.30, you're probably going to have to stand in the back. Okay? So there you have it. Tuesday, June 27th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., Como Rec Center in Lafayette, 411 Bluebird Drive. Doors open at 6 p.m. See you there. I'll be there. If you uh, see me and you recognize me, come come say hello. All right. So a summary of what happened this week. Monday, June 19th, this past Monday, was Juneteenth. Okay? So we're going to go over, quote, Juneteenth and what it is, what it's about, and we're going to talk a little bit about slavery and say, oh, really, really, Mark, really? Uh, That's all that CRT stuff. No, it's not the CRT stuff. We're going to talk about critical race theory as well at the end. But it's, it's important to understand because this, what I'm about to tell you, fits into our the whole issue in this country about DEI. DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Bah! Everything we're being told that come, comes out of Washington, D.C. is the polar opposite of what we are told. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, and by the way, states like Florida are saying, get it out, get it out. We need, we, uh, things like advancement and even hiring people should be based on merit, not on any DEI equation or formula. So the the polar opposite of, of the DEI we're hearing about here in 2023, it's not diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. So when I heard about Juneteenth, I said, well, I know a little bit about it, kind of, sort of, the, fl- the slaves were freed, believe it came about in Texas. Let me look it up. And in looking it up and researching, one of the things I found is surveys at universities, at higher education, institutions of higher education, surveying students, the, the indoctrination that is being fed to our young people all the way from elementary school through higher education is that slavery originated in the United States of America. These young people are totally ignorant of what it actually means. And that's what I said. A lot of these people, these radicals that are pushing critical race theory, make the oversimplified statement is, you're, you're against, you want to whitewash history. You're against teaching our history. Nonsense. Critical race theory is not that. It's a guilt trip. It's propaganda. It's lies. It's indoctrination. We're going to go into that. So here's a little history on what is, quote, Juneteenth, and a little history on slavery on a worldwide level. Let me start with this before I even give you the background of Juneteenth. 
Slavery is an institution that has existed. It still exists here in the 21st century and even in our country. It's called human trafficking. And because of our incompetent, corrupt, and evil Biden administration, they are enabling it. They are enabling human traffickers to bring sex slaves and other forms of slavery across our border illegally. It's a nod and a wink. They're turning their head. They're enabling it. So they are promoting slavery in our country here in the 21st century. But slavery's been around since civilization has been around. Thousands of years in many forms. Most of the enslaved persons through history were captured and enslaved after their homeland had been conquered by invading marauders or foreign military. So to the victor goes the spoils. That's how a lot of slaves were captured and put into slavery, if you will. They were enslaved. And by the way, something that's not taught, and, and there are many forms of slavery, as I said, indentured servitude. We're going to talk a little bit about the 1619 Project. Propaganda, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the book, and all these radicals are using this. And, and again, not to get into that, we'll talk about that some coming up down the road. But half of the white immigrants that came to the American colonies came to the colonies as indentured servants. In other words, yes, they did, they were slaves, if you will, or they were servants, servants, indentured servants. And then once they had worked off what their the person had paid for them, they were freed. They were freed. And there were free states, even though in the United in the colonies, there were free states where you could go where slavery was prohibited or had big, big, big qualifiers on it. Okay. So anyway, just keep that in mind as we go along. Okay, Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865. Uh, 200 Union troops came into Galveston, Texas, led by General Gordon Granger. And he was there to announce that it was this was after the Civil War, that slaves were free. And so a lot of people say it was all slaves were freed on June 19th, 1865. Incorrect. Time, news traveled very slowly. In fact, there were 12 in the 1860 census. 7,000 people lived in Galveston, Texas. 1,200, 1,200 of those 7,000 people were slaves. There were a quarter of a million slaves in Texas, 250,000. So two-fifths of 1% of the slaves just in Texas were freed on June 19, 1865. And by the way, Biden passed an executive order in 2021, just before June 19th, early June of 2021, proclaiming Juneteenth as a national holiday. Fine, fine and dandy. Texas declared June 19th, 1860, uh, June 19th every year on the calendar, a state holiday in 1980. Remember, the Union troops came into Galveston, Texas, and freed the slaves. It wasn't a government 
decree saying, oh, Juneteenth, June. No, it was self-proclaimed by the freed slaves in Galveston. They danced in the street. They had parades. And they declared, quote, Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865. And it carried on for a number of years. Okay, a couple of more things before we take a break. Here are just some background things building up to the, the, free, the freedom of the slaves. In May of 1861, the early part of the Civil War, Fort Monroe in Virginia, General Benjamin Butler was the head of that fort. He was the head of Union troops in North Carolina and Virginia. Well, three escaped slaves, African-Americans, knocked on the front gate at Fort Monroe in Virginia. They were asking for their freedom. General Butler was given the information. He says, hmm, what do I do? They're asking for their freedom. He says, I'm going to, to quote, seize them because in the U.S. Constitution, rightly or wrongly, slaves were declared as property So he said, I'm going to seize this property. It's a contraband of war, and these slaves and can be used against the United States, the federal troops. So in essence, that call on May of 1861 by General Butler was kind of a trial balloon for the Emancipation Proclamation. Okay, so go forward until, go forward to, rather, I know I have it written down here. August, yes, August 6th, 1861. Congress, the U.S. Congress, passed the confiscation law, legalizing the confiscation of slaves, African Americans, who were living in the South. That law was passed by Congress and signed by President Lincoln, August 6th, 1861. So confiscating property or African American slaves because they were, quote, used for insurrection. That's true insurrection. Taking up arms and trying to overthrow the government. This nonsense in Washington, D.C., January 6th, that's not insurrection. It's some bozos who uh, were a little rowdy. Where were the guns? Where was the killing? Anyway, that's another thing. And then where we'll pick up No, let's do Emancipation Proclamation, signed by President Lincoln January 1st, 1863. And, of course, the South did not comply with that Emancipation Proclamation. That would come later. Okay, let's take this time out, come back a little more, and then history of slaves. I promise not to go on and on and on, but you may have a comment. You can uh, give us a call. I'll get you that number, 877 uh, I, it's not going to come to me. I'll have to look it up. So, uh, and you guys who call regularly, you know, you can give us a call with your thoughts and comments. Okay, Mark Pope in for Moon. We'll be back. Stay right there. As Louisiana's top law enforcement official, Jeff Landry has failed us. Murder, rape, carjackings. Under Landry's watch, Louisiana is now the most dangerous state in America. Stephen Wagaspak has a plan to take Louisiana back from the criminals. It starts by supporting law enforcement and giving them the tools they need. Wagaspak will work with DAs and prosecutors, ensuring repeat offenders stay off our streets. Stephen Wagaspak for a safer Louisiana. Paid for by Reboot Louisiana Pack. When you think about how you spend your money in retirement, what comes to mind? Probably travel, sunny beaches, and spoiling your grandchildren? But a recent survey found that over 30% of every dollar a retiree spends goes to taxes. 
Baby boomers were told for years to save money in their IRAs and 401ks and pay taxes later. Well, now that day has arrived, and boomers are shocked to see a third of their money going back to Uncle Sam. John Blanchett and the Matthew James Financial Group can help. What if you could? Protect all mostly retirement wealth from future tax rate increases. Achieve a zero or near zero effective tax rate for mostly your retirement years. Find out more. 337-366-8366. Isn't it time you got a second opinion on your wealth and retirement outlook? Learn how you could potentially kick the IRS out of your IRA. 337-366-8366 and online at Matthew-James.com. When Stephen Wagaspak was Governor Bobby Jindal's top aide, Louisiana's economy sank from 6th to 42nd. 13,000 manufacturing jobs disappeared. Essential state programs faced severe cuts, and one in five Louisianans was left in poverty. Then, Wagaspak backed Biden's $2 trillion spending bill, creating record inflation and record debt. Stephen Wagaspak warned us. And we're going to change this state forever. Stephen Wagaspak, a mistake we can't make twice. Paid for by Protect Louisiana's Children, LLC. Welcome back to the Moon Griffon Show. How y'all are? Mark Pope sitting in for Moon. Look, we had a call, and uh, it sounded like the gentleman didn't want to get on the air, but his cousin wrote a book. He believes back in the 1980s, the author's name of the book is Gary Mills. Gary Mills. The title of the book is The Forgotten People, and it's all about slavery in Louisiana, the Creoles. And, and I don't know what, if his he just has an interest or if uh, Gary's cousin is an academic, but he says it's a great uh, book and uh, he recommends reading it. Gary Mills, the title of the book, The Forgotten People. It was written somewhere in the 1980s, but you can use all your search engines and find that. So, okay, the things I mentioned about Juneteenth, I found a great video from an academic and here was his point. Here was his point. Okay, Juneteenth, it's valid. I even saw one, uh, a video from Candace Owens that said, why Juneteenth is silly and nonsense. I, I didn't even look at it. It, it. Look, slavery was a dark part of our history here in the United States. We did not invent slavery. Okay, so here, here's the deal. Here is the punchline from this academic. He said, even though the government didn't come up with the title Juneteenth, the freed slaves did back in Galveston on June 19th, 1865. Here's, here was his point, okay? Slavery was, and it took months, months, and, and sometimes up to a year to inform the entire country that slavery was no longer le- illegal. In fact, in 1865, after the Civil War and the Union having won, and the Union troops were going around spreading the word, we still had slavery that was deemed or proclaimed legal in two states, Kentucky and Delaware. Yes, a northern state, Delaware. They were saying, no, our Constitution and our state government and our autonomy says we are, we are a slave state. And so it took the 13th Amendment to overturn that. So on December 6th, 1865, Georgia ratified the 13th Amendment, making that process of uh, ratification complete and legal. And then so on December 18th, 1865, 
The process was done. President Lincoln signed the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Delaware and Kentucky were forced to abolish slavery. So the more important day in his mind, this academics, was December 10th. Not Juneteenth, December 18th, 1865, when President Lincoln signed the 13th Amendment, amending the U.S. Constitution. And you say, well, what's the point, Mark? That's small potatoes. This was this academic's claim. The government doesn't want you to know that because the narrative was the South is bad, the North is good. But a northern state held on to slavery, and it took the 13th Amendment to overturn that. And as I said, I'll end this segment about Juneteenth anyway with how I started. This is what the academic said. Slavery still exists, yes, in some third world country, but, c- countries, but even here in the United States, it's called human trafficking. The vast majority of which in the United States is sanctioned by the inept, lawless, and evil in action of the Biden administration, and they they lie about it. They lie. Yes, the border's secure. Yes, we're doing everything. No, fentanyl is killing people. Human trafficking is slaves, sex slaves to a large degree, coming across the border by cartels, by thugs, by organized crime, and our country is allowing it. Our inept administration, Homeland Security, is allowing it. Mayorkas is worthless. They can impeach him. What good does that do? They're just going to put another inept person in there who will go before the Senate to get confirmed and lie. By the way, when you're talking about all this, you know, well, see, slavery wasn't abolished till 1865. How about we celebrate the state of Vermont? The state of Vermont had in its state constitution That slavery is illegal. Guess what year that was, folks? Civil War ended in 1865. December 18th, 1865, 13th Amendment was signed by President Lincoln. 13th Amendment, not Emancipation Proclamation. Those are two separate things. The state of Vermont put in their state constitution in 1777, one year after our independence, before the United States even had a constitution. We, we won our victory. The Declaration of Independence was a document, not our constitution. But Vermont put in their constitution, slavery is prohibited. By the way, before Vermont was a state, they, they had the name of Vermont, if you will. They're, they're, the name of their state or a colony, was the Republic of New Connecticut, okay? And Vermont was the 14th state admitted to the colonies. This is after we won our independence. So it was the 14th state after the 13 original colonies. And they put in their constitution, slavery is illegal. Now, that, that, that's a good thing. So, But slavery was a dark mark. I'm not trying to justify it in any way. It was a dark mark on our country and the world. Here's what I said the other day, and it just kind of popped into my head. You know what slavery is? It is the most egregious example of groupthink 
in world history. In other words, everybody said, well, it's okay. Everybody's doing it. And that went on for thousands of years, enslaving other human beings. Okay, we've got to take this time out. We'll be back on the other side of the news with hour two of the Moon Griffon Show. Mark Pope sitting in for Moon. Stay with us. 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Coming up on 10 o'clock, time for Fox News here on News Talk A victory for President Biden's immigration policy at the Supreme Court. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. In this case, that policy was challenged. Prioritize deporting people who have who are here illegally, who have committed certain crimes. They've, they're accused of terrorism or there are other serious issues. Otherwise, we're going to prioritize. We're not going to deport and arrest every single person who comes here illegally. Texas and Louisiana sued, but Fox's Shannon Bean reports. Eight to one, the court found those states didn't have standing. So they don't get to the merits as much of the case as saying these states couldn't do this. In a, in a decision authored by uh, Justice Kavanaugh, I want to read part of this. And Justice Alito is the lone dissenter here. He said, um, what the states want is a federal court to order the executive branch to alter its arrest policies so as to make more arrests. Federal courts have not traditionally entertained that kind of lawsuit. Now, House Republicans have started investigations considering impeaching the president over his border policies. Later today, President Biden will gather with pro-choice advocates marking one year since the Supreme Court's ruling letting states ban abortions. They're trying to salvage the submersible that imploded on the way down to the Titanic shipwreck found in pieces yesterday. Then we found out the U.S. Navy picked up the sound of an implosion or explosion just hours after the Titan began its voyage on Sunday. Fox's Brian Yenis in Boston says it wasn't definitive then, so they kept searching for the five-person crew now dead. The youngest victim on board was 19-year-old Solman Dawood, who was on board with the with his father Shazada. Solman's aunt reportedly says her nephew told a relative he only went on the trip to please his dad for Father's Day, who was passionate about Titanic. Quote, he wasn't very up for it. He was terrified, she said. In an hour, Interstate 95 will reopen in Philadelphia just 12 days after a fiery tanker truck crash killed the driver and collapsed a section of I-95. They built a temporary road ahead of schedule. America's listening to Fox News. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security of 2023 by U.S. News and World Report. But we don't do what we do for the accolades. We do it to protect you and everything you love. Our advanced sensors, indoor and outdoor HD cameras, and hazard detectors are powered by live 24-7 professional monitoring. So you get emergency help fast. Get 20% off any new system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com radio. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Here's what's trending now. You can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything they need to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity. Whether your business generates millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, take advantage of the special financing offer of no payments or interest for six months at NetSuite.com today. That's NetSuite.com. Court-appointed special advocates or CASA are specially trained volunteers that help secure safe homes for abused and neglected children. Don't let these innocent victims slip through the cracks of our complicated legal system. Get involved today. Call CASA at 268-5111. This nonprofit organization moment brought to you by News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hi, I'm Kristen Chenoweth. When many servicemen and women return home, 
They carry with them the invisible wounds of war. But thanks to the life-saving power of the human-animal bond, professionally trained service dogs can help. If you're a veteran or know a veteran struggling with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, please go to AmericanHumane.org to learn about their Pups for Patriots program, which provides specially trained service dogs free of charge to veterans in need. Let's help our veterans heal from the invisible wounds of war. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and every weekday on my show, The Joe Cunningham Show, you can tune in for all of today's top news, local, state, and national, plus analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else. All of the big topics from a local perspective right here on The Joe Cunningham Show every weekday, 3 to 4 p.m., on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Moon Griffon Show. How y'all are? Mark Pope sitting in for Moon. Moon's back with you on Monday. And so, so happy that you joined us. So we're having some technical issues uh, here at the station all week long with the phones, with our system that that runs all our programming. And so we apologize if there are any snafus. Uh, Phone calls might be an issue here today. Hopefully our, our staff here at Town Square Media, that's where the program originates here in Lafayette is working uh, diligently night, literally night and day to correct all the problems. So we apologize if there are any technical snafus, especially to the affiliates along the way. Everything has been smooth so far and uh, let's hope that it stays that way. Okay. Let's kind of continue our discussion about, cause look, what, what I want to do is, is, is straighten out some of the false information that's out there. Some of the indoctrination that has continued, and, and we're going to end with kind of a summary of critical race theory and what it actually is and why it's propaganda and why it's dividing our country so much. So the continuation of the discussion on slavery is that, think about this, folks. It's something that the, the, a certain percentage of our population cannot forgive. Yes, it was a very dark part of our American history, but we did not invent slavery. That's what young students are being taught, though. The United States is evil. Okay, so go back. Let's talk about non-forgiveness. Who challenged, after all the Civil War and all of the 13th and 14th Amendments, after the Emancipation Proclamation, who challenged freed African slaves in the United States, the Democrat Party, 
the Democrat Party challenged it, starting with Andrew Johnson. Remember, Andrew Johnson was Abraham Lincoln's vice president. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And so Andrew Johnson was in charge of reconstruction and assimilating African-Americans into a free society as free people. He was opposed to it. He fought things. He fought giving rights to freed African-Americans in the U.S. after the Civil War, even after the 13th and 14th Amendments. The Democrat Party, so they fought Reconstruction. Andrew Johnson, by the way, was a Democrat from Tennessee. It's, I'm not going deep into that history. Look it up. Lincoln chose him as vice president for voting reasons, but also because Andrew Johnson displayed a certain loyalty to Abraham Lincoln. And yes, he carried out some of what Lincoln wanted with Reconstruction, but he fought a lot of the moves to give rights to freed African-Americans after the Civil War. So the Democrat Party fought rights for African-Americans. They fought integration through the years. They fought, they challenged civil rights. Southern Democrats, the, the Southern Democrats founded the Ku Klux Klan. Democrats, where is the non-forgiveness for that? Southern Democrats started lynching, the lynching of African Americans. Remember, the Republican Party started in 1854 with the the notion, the big motivation to end slavery in our country. And by the way, okay, so let's do a little Dred Scott. I've got to summarize this because I can't go too deep in the weeds. You know, remember the Dred Scott case before the Supreme Court. How long do you think the Dred Scott case or incident went on? Because it wasn't just a case before the Supreme Court. It went on for 10 years. There was there, there are three things you can look up pertaining to slavery in our country. The Northwest Ordinance, that, that means Northwest Territory. Remember, our country was expanding in 18, oh shoot, I'm going to, early 1800s. The Louisiana Purchase happened. It doubled the size of the United States, and territories farmed from that. So the Northwest Ordinance of 1787 outlined where slavery can be can be legally ordained, if you will, and where it could not be. And so what the, the whole point of that ordinance of 1878. Uh, 1787, was to stop the expansion of slavery. And then in 1820, you've got the Missouri Compromise. Missouri was, yes, okay, Missouri could be a slave state, but then it could not expand. That was the, the general thrust of the Missouri Compromise. And then, shoot, 18, I think 1852, roughly 30 years later, Here came the Kansas-Nebraska compromise, if you will. And it's that, from that incident occurred what they call bloody Kansas. Okay, so it was, the fight was over, should Kansas be a slave state or not? And those people, the anti-slavery crowd came there and they fought. And they fought the people who wanted slavery in Kansas. Many, many people died. It was a very bloody time. That's why it's called Bloody Kansas. 
So, it, you know, slavery is very, it's got a very complex past, very, very, very. But remember that Democrats, Southern Democrats, oppose slavery in giving rights to freed African Americans in our country. All right, here are some other mis, mis, misinformation. Don't you love that term? All right, so you have heard that in the transatlantic slave trade, that means slaves coming from Africa, you have heard that anything from 12 to 10 million slaves came from Africa to the colonies. That is incorrect. 12 million set out from Africa to be shipped across the Atlantic, but only but a couple of million died, and yes, some were thrown overboard. It was a horrible part, not just in American history, but in world history. Here is the deal. So 10 million slaves that were sent across the Atlantic, of those 10 million, 90% went to South America and to the Caribbean. So if you do the math, you get 3.6 million that went to South, South America. And, and, and my math is not right there. Nine times 10, uh, 96, 9.6 million went to South America and the Caribbean. Only about 400,000 slaves from Africa made it to the American colonies. So you're given bad information on a regular, regular, regular basis. And, it, and it's not corrected. So it is true that, yes, 10 million slaves from Africa came across the Atlantic, but most of them went to South America and the Caribbean. Only about 400,000 came to the American colonies. All right, I've got to uh, reach you. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We're going to continue this. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Barbary Pirates. Then we're going to segue into critical race theory and uh, what it is, that book 1619, the 1619 Project, it is propaganda. It's full of inaccurate information to with a false narrative. Mark Pope in for Moon. We'll be back with more of the Moon Griffon Show. Stay with us. Crime is out of control. Louisiana's education system failing our kids and our economy one of the worst. We need a new direction. We need Jeff Landry as governor, a former police officer, Army National Guardsman, Sheriff's Deputy, and our Louisiana Attorney General. Jeff Landry has a proven record of fighting crime. A small businessman, he successfully filled hundreds of jobs for Louisiana citizens. So Jeff Landry opposes high taxes and government red tape harming our economy. A husband and father, Jeff Landry knows all kids deserve a great education, not liberal politics pushed in the classroom. A leader standing up to Biden, protecting our pro-life values and Second Amendment freedoms, endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. Our next governor... Jeff Landry. Paid for by Landry for Louisiana. Folks, if you get a chance to be in Shreveport or Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, and you haven't checked out Superior Grill and you like good Mexican food, please go to Superior Grill. Go check them out. You're going to enjoy Everybody that I've sent there have really enjoyed the great taste of Superior Grill. They love the food. It's a big menu. It's a lot of different things you can pull out from the enchiladas to the fajitas to the tacos to the quesadillas to the steak to the hamburgers. They do it all at Superior Grill and that sauce and that queso is all so good. 
All you got to do is find a way to, to Shreveport, New Orleans, or Baton Rouge and get the great taste of Superior Grill. But, hey, if you're home and you're in, the, in those areas and you want to cater and, and, and people like that, they cater. They can handle big groups. I've been there with many big groups and had a great, great time. They'll accommodate you. They'll accommodate you the best they can. You can pick up food to go as usual. Line Avenue in Shreveport, Government Street and Highland Road in Baton Rouge and St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. Superior Grill. It's great. And next year, we're going to have one right here in Lafayette. So, hey, check them out. If you're headed that way, make darn sure you go check out the great taste of Superior Grill. Hi, this is Nick. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text, and together we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstopwrecks.org. Welcome back to the Moon Griffon Show. Hey, LR, Mark Pope in for Moon. So let us continue our discussion. All right, let's talk a, a bit about the Barbary Pirates. All right, uh, Barbary Pirates were uh, pirates from countries in where? Africa, North Africa, the countries of Algiers, Tunis, Tripoli, and Morocco would send out pirates on ships. They, they originated from these countries. And by the way, it did benefit the governments of those countries. And they engaged in a white slave trade. Yes, a white slave trade. From around 1500 to the late 1700s, the Barbary pirates would go out to sea. They would kidnap people. They would go into countries. In fact, the Barbary pirates went into France, Italy, Sicily, and even Iceland to kidnap mostly women. And they stole, they would, at, at sea, they would steal, they would commandeer ships, and they would steal the, the people on the ships and enslave them and bring them back to Africa. White, mostly white women, some white men, but it was a white slave trade. 1.25 million people came resulted from the Barbary pirates. Barbary pirates were a problem for us early in our country. In fact, it forced President Thomas Jefferson to start the Naval Act to initiate the Naval Act of 1794. Of course, Congress approved it, and six frigates, U.S. frigates, began the U.S. Navy, and that was to stop the Barbary pirates. They tried Jefferson tried diplomacy. In fact, Congress approved paying $80,000 to Morocco, one of the countries where the Barbary pirates originated, to not raid American ships on the high seas. But it didn't work. So Link, uh, Jefferson said enough is enough. He got the Naval Act of 1794 passed, six frigates, and... In the back and forth, I'm just, I got to give you the highlights. I can't go deep in the, in the weeds. In the early 1800s, we invaded the United States, sent those ships to Tripoli. Think of the Marine Corps hymn, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. What does that mean? The halls of Montezuma, the Mexican-American War, where we took over a castle, I can't, the name of it, 
is not coming to me. I have it here. Chapultepec. The Chapultepec Castle in Mexico City was also the hall, called the Halls of Montezuma. The Marines took that over. The Marines were sent into Tripoli, where the Barbary pirates originated. So that's that's the, the part of the Marine hymn. From the Halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. The American flag first flew on foreign shores when we defeated Tripoli in 1805. So that, in essence, ended the Barbary pirates. I'm going to summarize again. In nearly 300 years, the Barbary pirates kidnapped and stole at sea 1.25 million white folks and sent them back to North Africa. The women were highly prized. The men, not so much so. And by the way, in the, to just to kind of end the discussion on slavery, you know, we went there. The, the the word is out there by the radical left to make to make the American colonies, America, if you will, evil. We kidnapped. No, we bought and traded for slaves because there was trade slave uh, slave trading trading going on in Africa. And when one tribe would conquer another, they wanted the women for domestic duties and for lineage to, quote, breed them. The men, when they, when they were captured, when, they took one, when one tribe conquered another, the men were slaughtered because they were deemed troublemakers. So when these Europeans came over, they had captured African-Americans from tribes in Africa. And so rather than slaughter them, why not get, why not get some, some trade, some money, some goods for those captured slaves? That's how it worked. People would sell themselves into slavery because they lived a destitute life. It's very, very, very complicated. And yet we're sold a simplified bill of goods to show, to prove by the left by the, the communist left, that we are an evil country. And, and our educators are indoctrinating our young people to think that America is solely responsible for slavery. All this history is not taught in schools, either at an elementary level all the way up to higher education. Okay, so the book, 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones. She was a journalist. She wrote the book. It's full of inaccuracies. The The... New York Times promoted it. The Times actually tried to get her to correct the factual inaccuracies. She did not do it. She ignored it. I am holding a book in my hand called 1620, A Critical Response to the 1619 Project. I'm telling you it's a great book, folks. The author is Peter Wood. He is a scholar. He was head of years, I think about a decade, of the American Scholar Institute or such. He he has numerous historians in this book that are quoted. And by the way, because he is an honest academic, he says, I'm not saying everything that Miss Jones said in her book, 1619 Project, is inaccurate, but a lot of it is. She's got some good points in there. But the, the premise of the 1619 Project is this is how our country was founded, on slavery. Here's the true story very shortly summarized. A Spanish ship was at sea, the San Juan Bautista. 
The San Juan Batista was raided by pirates. I'm assuming the Barbary pirates. That ship was bound full of slaves to Veracruz, Mexico, where they were to be sold to Mexicans to work in a silver mine. I believe that's right, a silver or a gold mine. I'm pretty sure silver mine. Okay, so this ship was commandeered. They took it over, full of slaves. They stopped off in, let's see if I'm looking at the book. I'm reading. It doesn't matter. I'll just go with the Caribbean. They sold some slaves in the Caribbean, and then they continued on. There were 20 slaves on the ship when the ship landed in Jamestown. So these pirates put the slaves up for for sale. They were bought. Slaves were bought, but they were bought as indentured servants. And what that means is that they didn't, it doesn't, you know, there was no contract. These were dishonest, evil people, these pirates. But the the colonists that bought these 20 slaves would work, have them work off the wages that the person who bought them paid for the slaves. Once those wages or that cost was worked off, Most of the indentured servants, if not all, were freed. They were freed. They were given their freedom. And they could go to a free state and live a free life. So here is, I am reading from the book, chapter 2, page 38 from 1620, a critical response to the 1619 Project, written by a scholar who does his homework, who knows about research. I'm going to read you a fairly short paragraph, word for word. Page 38. An especially well-attested case was an individual known as Antonio who had been among the individuals sold by Captain Jope. Again, that's part of the whole process of selling these slaves that were stolen at sea. And, and that they were sold in 1619. But Captain Jope doesn't enter the historical record until two years later when he was set to work on the Bennett family. Oh, excuse me, this is Antonio. He doesn't enter the record until he was sent to work at the Bennett family plantation. Antonio was eventually freed, renamed himself Anthony Johnson, got married, raised children, became a plantation owner himself. This is an African-American who came to Jamestown and was bought as an indentured servant who was freed. Once again, I'm reiterating, he got married, raised children, became a plantation owner himself, and acquired African slaves of his own. He successfully sued one of his white neighbors in a Virginia court. Plainly, Virginian slavery was not an institution then, nor would it ever become so in the antebellum South. So Antonio, one of the slaves who was bought, was an indentured servant. He was freed. He bought, he got a, he acquired a plantation and he bought African slaves to work on his plantation. You are not told this stuff. Okay, we're past due. I'm sorry about that, affiliates. We'll take this time out and uh, we'll be right back. As Louisiana's top law enforcement official, Jeff Landry has failed us. Murder, rape, carjackings. Under Landry's watch, Louisiana is now the most dangerous state in America. Stephen Wagaspak has a plan to take Louisiana back from the criminals. It starts by supporting law enforcement and giving them the tools they need. Wagaspak will work with DAs and prosecutors, ensuring repeat offenders stay off our streets. Stephen Wagaspak for a safer Louisiana. Paid for by Reboot Louisiana Pack. Hi. 
I'm Mike Gwynn with Gwynn Auction Company, and I would like to sell your used construction equipment, farm equipment, and vehicles. We offer flexible seller's options, including buyout price, guaranteed sales price, and straight commission. Whether you are looking to reduce a fleet, liquidate a business, or get a high wholesale value on your trade when purchasing new equipment, we have a plan for you. Give us a call today. Let's talk auction. 337-824-0422. When Stephen Wagaspak was Governor Bobby Jindal's top aide, Louisiana's economy sank from 6th to 42nd. 13,000 manufacturing jobs disappeared. Essential state programs faced severe cuts, and one in five Louisianans was left in poverty. Then, Wagaspak backed Biden's $2 trillion spending bill, creating record inflation and record debt. Stephen Wagaspak warned us. And we're going to change this state forever. Stephen Wagaspak, a mistake we can't make twice. Paid for by Protect Louisiana's Children, LLC. James LeBlanc. This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at MatthewJames.com. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Russell Wilson here with Play 60, United Way, and the NFL are helping kids play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids! To get involved, go to unitedway.org slash play60. Donate! Are you guys going to do that every time? Yes, of course! Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hey, hello. Welcome back to the Moon Griffon Show. Mark Pope in for Moon. Moon is back with you on Monday, June 26th. All right, let's say uh, as Moon, I'm, I'm going to use a Moon term. Let's jump gears. Let's jump gears. All right? Let us talk about what it, what is happening in our world with everything from the environmental stuff. We're all going to die from climate change to all the social equity stuff. That's the transgender nonsense when we started way back in the nine o'clock hour, we mentioned the three bills passed by the legislature. To me, there are three profound bills uh, de- dealing with the transgender and the whole sexuality issue in schools. That shouldn't be taught in schools. That's that's reserved for the home. And the it was outlawed. Those three bills passed. Uh, Bell Edwards vetoed them, and we don't know if we'll have a veto session to attempt to overturn those bills. But that's part of the nonsense that we're dealing with in this country. So environment, social equity, and all the attempts to destroy capitalism in our country as perpetrated or foisted on us by the Biden administration. So you say, well, this stuff just kind of all sprung up during Joe Biden's term. Nope, nope. Here's the history. You know I love history, okay? All this nonsense began back in 1992, and it actually goes back before that, but this is when it really took hold, even though it wasn't accepted in our country or even worldwide on, on to, to any degree. Okay, United Nations, the United Nations had a summit in Rio de Janeiro. They called it the Earth Summit, 1992. That's 21 years ago. 31 years ago, duh, 02, 12, yeah, 31 years ago, the Earth Summit, 
they came out with, and just like it implies, it was about environmentalism. They came out with the term sustainability. What is sustainability? It's used now on a regular basis. And I don't know if these companies that use it are aware of what's behind sustainability. There are three components of sustainability. The environment, social equity, and the economy. We have to change the world. It's a world, new world order government. So it took 31 years to get to where we are today. And Biden is pushing this. Think of Biden's principal economic advisor until recently. He just recently resigned. His name is David Dees, chief economic advisor. He worked for BlackRock. You've heard about them. All this social equity nonsense and environmental crap that they're trying to put into investments and they're trying to hold corporations hostage. You either play with us or we will hurt you. That's what this BlackRock and all this uh, ESG, again, what does ESG stand for? The three components of the original sustainability from 1992, environment, social equity, and back when it started, it was economy. They changed that to governance, ESG, environment, social, and governance. In fact, here's an example of what I read years and years ago of what the what does economic mean as far as sustainability? Well, you have to have all these things in place that that are going to make for a better environment, a pristine world, a utopia, and you have to have social equity. But also, here's the economy part. Here here's an example. You're you're driving on a street. Somebody up front slams on the brakes. And, and four cars rear-ended. Boom, 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 boom. Okay? So now you've got damaged automobiles and you've got injured persons. Okay, so number one, as far as the sustainability model, those cars should not have been on the road because the cars are the impending doom. It's the existential threat, which, again, is nonsense and it's propaganda. So... That's strike number one. And so those factors of repairing the cars, this is the economy, remember, repairing the cars and human beings getting medical treatment, those factors from that car wreck should be pulled out of the GDP, gross domestic product. Why? Because they don't fit the sustainability model. We have to totally revise the economy. That was the example that I read from an academic years and years ago. And now they've changed the three. Instead of economy, it's environment, social, social equity, and governance. Because the government will shove this stuff down our throat. They're shoving ESG down our throats. They're going to companies and threatening them. You either play by our rules of the environmental rules and the social equity rules, or we, the government, the big, bad government, we will damage you. Play in our sandbox and do what we want you to do. Sit down, shut up, and do what we tell you, or we will hurt you. 
It's called a public-private partnership. It's part of the sustainability model. I know this stuff is deep, but it is the history, and it took 31 years to where we are now for all this stuff to take place with the electric cars and the gas stoves and all the stuff that they want to outlaw. They, the government, because climate change is an existential threat. No, you, sir, Mr. President, and your administration, you are the existential threat. Threat to democracy from extreme MAGA Republicans? No, it's a threat to democracy from extreme communist Democrats. But they do it so adeptly. Their propaganda is so good. Number one, they scare the hell out of you. And number two, they say if you don't participate both in this environmental stuff and the social equity part of it, which is critical race theory, if you don't participate, we will guilt you into ultimate shame. And and it's going to come to a point, folks, where you're going to have to have a social, if if we continue on this path, where you're going to have to have a social equity score based on what are you driving uh, what are your thoughts about this? The thought police. And, and this is not far-fetched. It's really not. And it's really not a conspiracy. We're already there. That's what BlackRock does. That's what Janet Yellen, the, the Secretary of the Treasury, that's what she's doing. She and a bunch of other flunkies in the Biden administration, I say flunkies, I mean higher-level people go out, went out to these companies and banks loaning loan institutions and said, you can't loan money to oil and gas companies. You can't loan money if they're not socially acceptable. That's why you see the nonsense from people like Target and the Bud Light people with, uh, what is it, Dylan Mulvaney? They're playing along with the social equity cause, which is a component of sustainability. Beware of that. Sustainability is much more part of the environment, folks. We have to have high-density living. You can't live on a lot. Why? Because you're taking up resources, number one. Number two, we have to have, it's called high-density living. Pack them and stack them. In in American jargon, it's called mixed use. So they want a business on the ground floor and people living above. Why? Well, if that's the case, you don't need a car. High-density living and the store is right there. You can walk or ride your bicycle. It's not far-fetched. It is actual and factual. To a degree, they have, by sheer necessity in Europe, they have high-density living because they are but a fraction of the landmass that we are here in the U.S. So sustainability, whether or not they knew it for years, has been a reality in Europe because of their lack of land and public transportation. Why do you think gasoline is so much higher? in European countries. The cost of gasoline is many times twice what we pay here or more because they're using that money that you pay at the pump that with the surcharge or the tax, they're using that money for public transportation because of they do have, by necessity, high-density living. They're trying to transfer that model over to the U.S. And by the way, why do you think there's all this obsession with cows? Well, cows fart. And methane gas is a big part of climate change. So we got to eliminate cows. We got to eat bugs like uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates is in the 
business of trying to produce artificial meat. And these knuckleheads, these extremist utopians, want us to eat bugs. They want to get rid of meat. They want to get rid of cows and pigs. That's why. Because they're taking up natural resources. They, the animals that we eat, we need the protein from meat. But they want us to eat crickets and other insects to get our protein. Because if we continue to have cows and pigs, it, con- it contributes to climate change. And we're all going to die. All right, we'll be back with the final segment here on the Moon Griffon Show. Mark Pope in for Moon. Stay with us. We'll be back. Do you remember recess? Our children may not. Because teachers and schools are judged on how well our kids are prepared to take a one-size-fits-all standardized test. Teachers must teach the test. It's not the same as actual learning. And worse, teachers can't get kids out of the classroom and on the playground to learn citizenship, responsibility, and character. Employers look for those things. They can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief. The truth is teachers should be in charge and parents, but we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them, let them do their jobs. You may say this is common sense. You'd be right. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian and an independent. Let's let kids learn about life before they're old enough to be in it. And I mean it. Paid for by Lundy for Louisiana. Insanity. Doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. Louisiana's education system consistently ranks at the bottom. For years, we've had the same wrong answer, throw more money at the problem. But something is happening in other states. Parents are being empowered to pick a school that fits their child's need through education scholarship accounts. Parents in other states can choose where to spend their child's education dollars. Public school, private school, charter school, homeschool. You can learn more at a school that fits.com at a school that fits.com. When Stephen Wagaspak was Governor Bobby Jindal's top aide, Louisiana's economy sank from 6th to 42nd. 13,000 manufacturing jobs disappeared. Essential state programs faced severe cuts, and one in five Louisianans was left in poverty. Then, Wagaspak backed Biden's $2 trillion spending bill, creating record inflation and record debt. Stephen Wagaspak warned us. And we're going to change this state forever. Stephen Wagaspak, a mistake we can't make twice. Paid for by Protect Louisiana's Children, LLC. Prescriptions require an on- Hey, Laura, welcome back to the Moon Griffon Show. Hey, wait, some happy music here. There you go. I'm just happy. So am I. Look, I know I gripe a lot, folks, but I, I am happy. I, I, will, I will be happy. We just need to know what's going on around us and what's being foisted on us by our government in Washington, D.C. I've not touched on any of the stuff. Uh, that's that's going on. You you you've been following it, and you know just what's a what's a quick summary. The 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 Biden stuff with Hunter Biden. What a joke! What an absolute joke with that. Uh, Moon Moon will talk about that. I'm sure next week. The the uh, political letter from the 51 intelligence agents. I saw recently that uh, Brennan was asked. Was this, sir, was this a political letter that you guys signed, signed saying that the Hunter laptop was uh, Russian disinformation? And Brennan said yes. 
Clapper said no. So Brennan has some integrity. Clapper said no, no, it was the best information we had. No, it was false. And you had stinking Blinken went and did the big push to get these 51 dishonest people to sign the letter. You know, the Robert, we didn't talk about the Robert Durham case. He didn't do his job. That investigator, I believe he is a U.S. attorney. Uh, uh, it didn't take quite five years that the Hunter Biden investigation took. And then the Adam, Adam Schiff was censured. He says it's a badge of honor. He's, do, he's saying that because he's going to run for the Senate in California. So a lot going on, but, you know, not much we can do about that other than uh, see the dishonesty and the propaganda that comes before us. Okay, let's continue dishonesty and propaganda before us. There's this big push because of the existential threat of climate change. There is no existential threat. The climate has always changed. So what they're doing, what they, the propagandists, are doing, and dishonest scientists, it's junk science, they are taking a natural phenomenon in making it anthropogenic, in other words, man-made. And that is totally bogus. And they're trying to scare the hell out of us so they can control us. So they want everybody an electric vehicle. They're putting hundreds of billions of dollars into the development and the production of these electric vehicles. So how do you charge your electric vehicle? Well, you've got to put a, what is it, uh, a, that, that 220 plug at your house. And, you know, that, that's, so there are multiple costs. And then they want, they, the, the, the extreme communist Democrats want more and more and more renewable energy. It is a small fraction of the energy we actually use here in the United States. When you get, when you put more and more and more renewable energy online, you have to build a second power grid, a, a totally separate power grid to the one that we already have. The problem with the power grid we already have is that it is, it, it the power grid is susceptible to damage from EMP. And you, you, if you want to maybe grab a pen and paper, if you doubt me or you think I'm making this up or it's a conspiracy theory, look this stuff up. It, EMP stands for, for electromagnetic pulse that can occur naturally through a solar blast or the magnetism of the earth changing. There is evidence that it is changing now over the course of the earth's 4.6 billion year existence. Scientists have told us that the Earth's magnetism has reversed a number of times over those years. It's a slow process, but if the, magnet, the Earth's magnetism changes too much or it even reverses, we're in heap big trouble. Our grid shut down. Our computers shut down. Nothing will work. The solar blasts are a reality. You've heard about it as sunspots. So what do you do about it? Well, we need to protect our grid. And yes, it costs some billions of dollars. You protect the electrical grid in the U.S. by installing metallic screens or metal enclosures, which are so-called Faraday cages, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. All right, if you, again, if you doubt me, there is a National Cybersecurity and Communications Integration Center run by the government in Arlington, Texas. They are researching this. They know what we need to do. 
they, the, the elected officials, and our inept government. It's come up as a bill in Congress. It died in committee. And Joe Biden, being the ineffective president he is, I'm not going to try to avoid my name calling or limit it, he, he did, he's not pushing for it. What they're pushing for, rather, is more and more and more heavily subsidized money for renewable energy, which, again, we've got this problem. We're already susceptible with our existing power grid, and they do nothing about it. Another way to protect the power grid from EMP is electro paint or smart paint that is being developed by the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory. When you apply this paint to the power grid done properly, this paint is as effective as a half-inch sheet of aluminum or steel protecting the power grid to repel the EMPs. And EMPs can happen from a bomb. If you look it up, if you look EMP up, I'm sure we have some, well, we have these, these two institutions that are doing research on EMP. It's considered technology. If you look it up, Russia and China have this technology available. Basically, you're exploding a bomb over a certain geographic area. You don't have to drop the bomb on the ground. In the outfall of that explosion, it disables electrical systems and computers and water systems. In fact, Russia exploded an EMP device over Crimea when they were taking that country over back last decade, around about circa 2014. So EMP is not some grand notion that I've made up. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is here. It is now. It is real. So once again, rather than focusing on a real, a true existential threat, Our utopian government, our unrealistic government, wants to keep putting hundreds of billions of dollars into renewable energy. It's unrealistic. How do you deliver that energy to homes? You, At some point, the more we put online, at some point we, the U.S. government and municipalities, you know the U.S. government's going to fund it, we're going to have to build a second power grid. It's intermittent. I'm going to see if I can get Norman Rogers on for an interview. He wrote the book, Dumb Energy, an Analysis of Renewable Energy. He's a physicist, and he worked in the renewable energy field for a decade. He knows his stuff. And a lot of what I'm telling you about here, Norman Rogers told me, I've got the book. That's another good book worth reading. Norman Rogers, I think it's R-O-G-E-R-S, Dumb Energy, an analysis of renewable energy. I'll see if I can get Norman on. He's been on here before. I lost the interview when we've had technical issues in the past. And once again, I don't think we've had any technical issues for this two hours of the Moon Griffon show across Louisiana. So happy about that. So thanks for joining us today. Moon is back with you on Monday, June 26th. And the same thing we started with LSU baseball go Tigers some of you may not follow it LSU is in the NCAA baseball national championship they are playing Florida they will play a best two of three Uh, those games begin by the way LSU beat 
Wake Forest, the number one team in the country last night. They also beat them Wednesday, so they beat Wake Forest two games in a row. And LSU will play Florida Saturday at 6 p.m. our time. They will play Sunday at 2 p.m. our time. And then, if necessary, a game three Monday night at 6 p.m. Go Tigers! Beat, uh, beat Florida. By the way, that game is a rematch of the 2017 College World Series final where LSU played Florida in Omaha, Nebraska. Florida won that series. So it's time for LSU to get revenge. So uh, you guys have a great weekend out there. Thanks for joining us today, and I'll see you next time I substitute for Moon Griffon here on the Moon Griffon Show. 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Coming up on 11 o'clock and Fox News. On the road again, I'm Matt Napolitano. Fox News, less than two weeks after a tanker truck fire caused an overpass to collapse, that part of Interstate 95 in Pennsylvania is reopening to traffic at this hour. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro commending crews who worked around the clock to complete this project. Day in and day out, literally 24-7, they worked through the rain, they worked through the night, they worked through the heat, and a bunch of the dads worked on Father's Day. And when Pennsylvania needed them, they were there for us. They showed up and they delivered. This interim six-lane stretch of I-95 will serve drivers during the construction of a permanent bridge. The Biden administration scoring a win in the Supreme Court, ruling that Republican-led states do not have standing to challenge a federal immigration policy that focuses on public safety threats. Justice Kavanaugh writing for the court said, essentially, the states can't tell the executive branch that they need, or, or ask the judiciary branch to tell the executive branch that they need to be arresting more people. They cite this and say, um, you lack standing to contest the policies of the prosecuting authority unless he or she themselves are being prosecuted. Fox's Shannon Bream, Justice Samuel Alito was the court's lone dissenter. The ships and equipment used in the effort to find the missing Titan submersible are drawing down after the discovery of the vessel's debris. And a statement from the Joint Rescue Coordination Center says all the rescue assets will return to base and regenerate search and rescue capability and prepare for future search and rescue events. Fox's Mike Tobin. The five former Memphis police officers charged in the death of Tyree Nichols during a January traffic stop will return to court in August. The five appeared before a judge today for a hearing on several motions, including one filed by two of the former cops to separate their cases from the others. America's listening to Fox News. At Simply Safe, we know during a break-in, every second counts. So our home security system is powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who use Fast Protect technology only from Simply Safe to capture video evidence and verify a threat for fast police response. Now install Simply Safe your way. Do it yourself or have an expert set it up for you with new Pro Install. Get 20% off any new system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/radio. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
Here's what's trending now. You can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything they need to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity. Whether your business generates millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, take advantage of the special financing offer of no payments or interest for six months at NetSuite.com today. That's NetSuite.com today. An Ohio father has been indicted in connection with the deaths of his three young sons. Prosecutors in Claremont County say Chad Dorman admitted to planning the June 15th execution-style shootings of the boys aged three to seven years old. Dorman is charged with aggravated murder, kidnapping, and assault. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, is pulling news articles from the platforms in Canada. The Canadian Parliament passed a new law that would require tech companies to pay local news outlets for linking their articles in the latest push by governments around the world to force companies like Google and Facebook to pay for the news they share on their platforms. Ottawa has said the law creates a level playing field between online advertising giants and the shrinking news industry, but Meta says they'll comply by ending news availability on Facebook and Instagram for its Canadian users. The bill will come to force six months after it receives royal assent. Gianna Gelosi, Fox News. A heads up for Honda owners, the automaker is issuing a recall. Honda is recalling nearly 1.2 million vehicles because the rear view mirror camera image may not appear on the dashboard screen. The recall covers certain Odyssey minivans from 2018 to 2023 as well as pilot SUVs from 2019 to 2022 and passport SUVs from 2019 to 2023. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says if the rear view camera image doesn't display, it can cut driver visibility and increase the risk of a crash. The company says it has no reports of any injuries. Lillian Wu, Fox News. The NFL will hold a special league meeting July 20th to consider the sale of the Washington Commanders. The Washington Post, the first to report on the meeting where team owners are expected to vote on the more than $6 billion bid offered by a group led by Josh Harris. 24 of the league's 32 owners would need to vote in favor for the sale to be approved. I'm Matt Napolitano. This is Fox News.